0: Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, and we're talking uh, Draft Day Preview. It is Wednesday, August 22nd. Um, Keeper deadline was Sunday, and now that everybody knows who they're keeping and how much money everyone has, it's time to break down the best day of the fantasy football season, and that's Draft Day. Joining me tonight... Not who you probably think it is, but it is the Seawolves' Phil Bruce. How you doing, Phil?
1: Hey, Matt. Great to be invited to a (laughs) pre-draft podcast. I I don't think I made it on before week eight or nine last year, so it's great that that you've come to your senses and included me earlier in the process. So (laughs) so thank you, and I, I can't wait to get started.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's time to maybe bury the hatchet, if there was a hatchet. Um, I think we're adults. I think we can get past this, and it's just time to uh, have a good conversation, good healthy conversation, good banner. Uh, give Shane and Eddie the week off. It's going to be a long season, so should be uh, should be a fun one tonight with you and I.
1: Yeah, yeah. Rest up, fellas. I uh, I, I think we've got a, a pretty good dynamic. You're you're the Skip Bayless. I'm the Shannon Sharp or Stephen A. Smith here. Skip Bayless. We both make incoherent points and, and argue them to the death, so this should be fun.
0: It's probably the most disrespectful thing you said to me in the last year, calling me stupid. And you said a lot of disrespectful things.
1: <laughs> I, sh- I sure did. I, I sure did.
0: All right. Um, so, keeper deadline was Sunday. We're gonna break down each team, but first, I just want to ask: uh, any surprises for you? I think pretty much nailed everything in the pre-keeper podcast
1: yeah um, no big surprises I I mean going through and and looking at the teams I think most teams outside of maybe like a valuation of different positions like like a Carson Wentz or even like a flyer with like a Josh Gordon I I think people got kept who who I thought were going to get kept and and who you guys were predicting on the podcast All right.
0: well let's uh Let's go through your pre-draft power rankings based on the keepers that everyone selected. Um, Phil's going to go ahead and give us his top 12 in order, and I'll just add any thoughts or any changes I would make to that based on uh, what Phil provides here. So your floor, buddy.
1: All right. So so I'll just lay the table here. We went through, or I I went through, and ranked all, all the teams based on... Number one, the keepers that they had, and number two, the amount of draft cash that each owner had. Now, my opinion is based solely on really some of the stuff that we've seen the last few years. I, you know, If you follow Matthew Berry and, and ESPN, I, I know, cause you do. But if you look at some of the stats that they throw out, like after championship week, it's, they, they always talk about – 50% of ESPN champions rostered Todd Gurley, 45% rostered Alvin Kamara, like like that type of thing. So I this was really done on the basis of you need elite talent, you need top five, top ten players at positions to, to win championships. And throwing out rosters where you have a bunch of wide receiver two and running back two players just isn't, in my opinion going to cut it based on, on what we've seen in the last few years you have to get guys that, that are going to finish in the top 5 or top 10 and you know depending on the value you can get them depending on the draft cash that you have that's really the, the, the recipe for success and that's what I use for my rankings without further ado number one I don't think there's one and two you can probably debate I, but for me number one is definitely the amusement park excuse me, not amusement, Abusement. with David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott both having a chance to finish as the number one overall player in fantasy. You could very well go one, two, um, but I think it's they're, they're both ranked top five uh, running backs overall. I, I could see them easily finishing there. So you're talking about having two elite players that could lead you to a championship and having middle-of-the-road draft cash with 168. Now, I know... Abusement Park has been locked and loaded since the injuries and injury bug hit him last year. Two amazing keepers. Draft cash to blow. As long as he has a mediocre draft, I think he's going to land one or two in the power rankings week one.
0: Yeah, his team's solid. Um, You know, like you said, two guys that are going in the top four drafts. Two lethal candidates for top overall player in fantasy this year. Um, Love Johnson. Love Zeke little worried about the Zeke. It's not Zeke news, but uh, Travis Frederick out today indefinitely now. So that is yep pretty worrisome. It, it was already a bad offense except for Zeke, I think, coming into this season. So um, I don't have any Zeke shares in any of my best ball leagues or anything that I've done so far. So I was kind of happy about that hearing the news today because other than maybe a left tackle, the center is probably the most important player on the line and Frederick's one of the best in the league, so that's a little tough um, for Abusement Park to swallow. I noticed that they, they
1: also they also lost their offensive line coach, didn't they?
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: I, I can't remember where he ended up. I, I thought I thought he left and went somewhere else.
0: Okay. Um, I also noticed that you're an Abusement Park guy instead of Abusement. <laughs> I've always wondered what yeah. it is. But I'm not surprised that I'm an Abusement guy and you're Abusement Um, But that's for another day Um, The thing About sure is Like you said he's got to have a good draft And last year he didn't Last year he kept David Johnson and Odell Obviously they both got hurt Tough to bounce back from that Um, But He sat around for I think about an hour Last year in the draft until he finally Got McCaffrey for 42 Which ended up being a pretty good buy But it was like last remaining good running back, need to get this guy a forty two dollar bid. Um because you look at a guy like Leonard Fournette, he went for twenty eight last year. So I'd like to yeah, see that, Brandon that, that be that a little more bad. Yeah, I'd like to see Brandon be a little more aggressive. Um I think he has a little more money this year maybe. Um so it's gonna be interesting to see the way he plays it this year. Well, he, he had a that, – that's good
1: experience last year, right? You, if you sit around and wait, the players are going to go for a little bit more than they should when, once people have to burn through their draft cash. Mm-hmm. I, I know the McCaffrey pick worked out, but, but taking a, a rookie running back that was primarily going to be a catch-passing running back at $42, not for me. No. Right? So not a great draft. I, I think he can have a great – even if he has a mediocre draft this year, middle of the road, middle of the pack – he's going to have an elite squad just based on what he has and what I see in front of me.
0: Agreed.
1: So let's move on to number two. And um, I can't remember how many times this guy has won the championship. He hasn't mentioned it recently in any email signatures or or bragged or, God, that's just insufferable, isn't it? But I'm taking the Desert Dogs at number two in my preseason, pre-draft power rankings. You've got Todd Gurley, who is absolutely elite and only $24 despite any offseason draft rule changes that I've tried to push through, likely leading you to another playoff spot. And then Alvin Kamara, who just set the world on fire. you got to think he's going to regress a little bit, even though he was only a rookie. How's that role going to change? Are the Saints going to continue? I mean, Drew Brees had a, an all-time low. Touchdown number last year is that going to continue? Are they going to keep pounding the rock? I maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure. But either way, at a dollar, you have to keep them. You didn't have an option. You have 172 dollars. So again, that that's middle of the road to, to upper in the league. Great shape as long as you have a good draft.
0: Yeah, and I, I completely agree with your one two having me second. Um, Kamara's just although he's going in the first round of drafts, he's not on the level of Gurley. D.J. Zeke and Le'Veon Bell, the top four players in fantasy for this season right now. Um, but like you said, I'm I'm well aware of the Kamara regression that's coming this year. But at one dollar, <clears throat> didn't have a choice; had to keep him. Um, I'm happy to have 172. You know, I was able to get a couple bucks for Kelsey um, in a trade in the off season, so that was nice. I feel really good about my draft position right now. I have a couple plans laid out in terms of what I want to do. Um, So, yeah, I would be surprised if I wasn't a playoff team for this season Um, coming into this Sunday where I feel like I stand. So, um, put myself in the best position I could be in coming into this Sunday, in my opinion. So, I'm happy. happy. You've got to
1: think some defenses are, are going to figure out the, the Chargers offense, right, where, where they just, or excuse me, the Rams offense, where they just drop back, dump it off to Gurley for
0: 80 yards. <laughs> that, I mean, that's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think people think of Gurley as this elite runner that didn't do much in the passing game, but he became elite last year because of what he was able to do in the passing game, and you're right. It wasn't even like they were designed p- passing Patterns like like they do for Kamara and McCaffrey, and guys like that. Um, it was like golf drop back, sat there for five seconds, and then it was a dump off to Gurley as he leaked out, and and then nobody would tackle him. It was like,
1: it was like watching Shane play Madden. Yeah, it, it was it was just <laughs> sickening, and the defenses didn't know how to adjust.
0: Except Shane would get tackled as soon as his guy caught it, and Gurley ran for a touchdown. I feel like every time. Like, yeah, it, it was I'll have to really... check the stats on
1: that, but I, I believe <laughs> it was like eighty out of eighty
0: times. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I don't know I don't know how to feel about the Rams offense this year. Um, been back and forth on what Cooks is gonna do for that team. I, I don't want to be in on Brandon Cooks. It's well documented on this podcast how whoever drafts him he burns him almost every year, but um and people are kind of pegging him into that Sammy Watkins role from last year as the guy that's going to just be almost like a decoy. But I don't see that being the case. They signed Cooks to a long-term deal. Um, I think they're going to move Cooks around the formation. I think he's actually less of a one-trick pony than Sammy Watkins has become. So uh,
1: you got you, you got to think if he was worth a damn that Belichick would have kept him, right? Yeah. He, he he seemed to pick up the playbook. He he played pretty much the whole season injury free and then they just let him walk.
0: Yeah, but the Patriots also had major holes to address, and if you can get a fir- I think if Belichick could get a first round pick for anyone, he'd take it. I don't know. Yep. Get Edelman back this year. I I'm, I'm not surprised they let him go. I mean I don't know.
1: Yeah, the, the Patriot wide, wide receiving group is going to be interesting. I think we'll talk a little bit more on the positional battles. Yeah. But but let's let's move on. I think just like what we're going to see in the draft, we've got teams one and two, and then it, it sort of falls off a cliff for me. And I, th- I think we've got a group at like three to seven that I could probably be swayed to, to adjust these in any way, not that they have any meaning. But at number three currently, I've got Bull with – a draft cash of 207, so he's got the most in the league. He's got a lot to play with, and he's got Devontae Freeman, who I think is going to be an elite back this year and and just have an amazing year. Not as high on Thielen. I understand he flashed, and he had an amazing year, just as good as Stefan Diggs last year. I think Cousins is probably going to target Diggs a little bit more based on what we've seen in the preseason. I like Thielen. I'm just not... I'm not high on him this year, but you got to keep them at five based on the potential, and you have a draft cash budget here that you can just go nuts with, with the draft. You're talking picking up Barkley, picking up Brown, both in the possibilities with, with this kind of draft cash and still being able to fill out the rest of your roster. So that's why I've got him at three.
0: Yeah, I'm good with Bull being there just because of the money, um, and people have to remember, for most of us, this is our fourth auction draft in this league. This is only Bull's third. He missed the first year. Um, had to have Coach Filer draft for him, um, and last year he showed that he was he could be aggressive. He went out there and spent, um, I think he spent big bucks on McCoy, Mixon, Isaiah Crowell, and Larry Fitzgerald. And as I mentioned on the last podcast, I think he just he swung, he just missed on yep. about half of those guys. Um, McCoy didn't have a great year, but he was able to turn him into Thielen and Cash, so that was nice. Um, Mixon turned on at the end, but didn't do anything for ball. Crowell was a miss, and Fitzgerald was a hit, but um, just too many misses for that hit to matter. So I'm excited about the Weevils, too. I think, you know, he could go in there and make a splash and get a Barkley and Brown. That would be interesting. I think he's got to be one of the favorites to leave with one of those two guys. Um,
1: yeah, if you don't leave with one of those guys, you got to feel like the draft was a failure, because where, where else are you going to spend that kind of money?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's the one thing I'm worried about with Bowl is that he almost has too much money to spend. Um, but to your other point about how tight it is between 3 and 7, I wanted to make a point for the whole league. Um, I thought this was the best everybody's done in terms of their keepers. I, I think it is a really well-rounded, balanced league. There is a little drop-off after sure, in terms of keeper talent. Um, but I thought everybody kept their best two players, not just maybe their best two values. So that I thought that was a good thing. Yeah, you maybe, didn't keep your not, best. Maybe not, you not me. Yeah, you didn't but keep your was, best two players, but you would have had a really hard time even fielding a team.
1: Yeah, more on that as we get to my rankings. So let's move on to four, and this guy's got the least amount of draft cash at, at one hundred seven with Butler. But he's got two elite players. Hopkins, I've got as the number two wide receiver, just like I think a lot of people do. There's probably a pretty big gap of Antonio Brown versus DeAndre Hopkins. But at forty dollars, Hopkins, no doubt, would probably go for sixty plus in the draft. So I love having him on a roster. And then Fournette it put up a monster rookie year. You got to think he's only going to get better. I love his value at twenty eight. He's coming into it with a small budget, but you've got two guys that could easily, or one guy with Hopkins that's going to be top three in his position, and one guy with Fournette that could easily top crack the top five and be an elite running back. So you've got a real shot at the championship and just filling holes around him.
0: Yeah, Butler's never kept players of this caliber before, I don't think. Um, this is an interesting situation for him to be in. Usually, you know, he kept Devontae Freeman the last year or two and he's been able to push people around in the draft with a large cap because of keeping a cheap Freeman. Um, The funny thing is, I don't think anything's going to change with Butler's drafting strategy. He's got 107, like you mentioned, least um, of all of us in the draft, but he's absolutely still in play for Antonio Brown, who I expect to go mid-80s again. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but... Um, he's absolutely in play to just add another player in the sixty to eighty dollar range, despite him only having one hundred and seven dollars. So, adding you new... can still get an elite player with yeah. that budget. Yeah, but adding a player, a top fifteen player in fantasy, to those two guys is going to make him dangerous.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: The problem. Uh, the problem with Butler has always been. You know, he's made the playoffs all three seasons. The problem has always been he doesn't mine his the bottom portion of his roster throughout the season. So that's the only way he's going to start to make a splash. He's always going to be in contention just because of how he drafts, but um, he's going to need to get lucky if he doesn't start to mine his whole roster instead of the top.
1: Yeah, he can also be a little trigger happy uh, when it comes to trades and then complain that, other people have waited to make trades and gotten better value for their money.
0: Yeah, Just say that on Sunday, see how that works out for you. Yeah. Let's
1: move on to number five. (laughs) Um, Number five, and I could be swayed further down, definitely not up, but I put myself, I only have $116 in draft cash, which puts me at the second lowest in the league, I believe. Uh, Yeah, there's a few that are close, but... Yeah, so I've got the lowest amount. I've got Le'Veon Bell, which I think he's going to finish number two running back overall because he's holding out at camp, waiting for all his money. He'll get off to a slow start. I'll have to put up with it. You know, what am I going to do? I still have to play him. And then uh, Juju, who I think is going to finish as a top 20 wide receiver, which is fine. He just had too much uh, of a great rookie campaign and, and showed he could get it done with any quarterback, whether that's Ben or Landry Jones or... Even Mason Rudolph, the, the the stuff that that kid's able to do at nineteen, and I, I guess now that he's twenty, um, his potential as a keeper down the road was just too big for me to pass up. Flashes of, I mean, he even had a way better rookie season than Antonio Brown did, like way better. And then Antonio Brown's second year was comparable to what Juju did in his rookie year, and at, at that age, I just could not stand throwing him back in the draft, seeing him go for twenty five, and and then knowing that I I could have had him for the next few years.
0: Yeah, I I think you're obviously in a good spot. Um, And similar to what I mentioned about Bowl and Brandon, I mean, your big money guy last year was Des Bryant that you went out and got, and uh, that didn't work out. And I think you're in play to have another big money guy again this year, obviously, the way you've been speaking about how important the draft is to add big players. Um, you're going to absolutely be in play for one of those top receivers or running backs. Um, So I would probably have you one spot lower, and I would have Spears and Ice Cream ahead of you. Um, But I I really love his two running backs. I'm really high on both of them. And I just think there's guys that you can get of Juju's caliber in the draft, probably for a similar price to Juju. But yeah, he's exciting. I, I like Juju as a player, just... Um, I don't know if you're going to get running backs of Kareem Hunt and Christian McCaffrey's caliber in the draft. Do
1: you think you can get wide receivers the caliber of Juju for 5 bucks in the draft?
0: Well, um, Eddie drafted Adam Thielen last year for
1: $5. Would you
0: consider him an outlier or the, or the norm? Um, I, you can. I'm just saying you can get players. You have to hit, I mean, but...
1: I mean, let, let, let's just go over the draft from last year. Demarius Thomas, 34 He's probably better than Juju. Jarvis Landry, thirty. He's not as good as Juju. Larry Fitzgerald, thirty. Probably the right price. Crabtree, number two receiving option in Oakland, thirty-one. I mean, I I see him. If I would have thrown him back, going for twenty-five. No, absolutely. No question about it.
0: No, he would have gone for twenty-five. I'm just saying that at some point there's going to be players that could be as good as Juju, going for five to ten dollars. And I just I like the two elite running backs better that's all
1: that's entirely possible this (laughs) season we can get more into it on the the wide receiver wide receiver battle i think after the top 15 there's just there's a cliff and everybody's going to be throwing darts and and hoping to catch something yeah uh let's move on to number six so six i've got ice cream uh Uh, only because you know he's got a, a low budget similar to me Kareem Hunt and, and Christian McCaffrey. So I'm huge on McCaffrey this year. I really wanted to have a chance at drafting him. Kareem Hunt, I, I like. Uh, I, I think you, you had to keep him, no doubt. Not for me. Um, I, I think he has a little bit of a regression this year, not having the stability of quarterback. I don't think they're going to be able to, to move the ball as well with Mahomes. I think it's going to be this. And I'll, I'll say the same thing again when we get to the Klans team. I think it's going to be this high-powered, big-play offense and and not much else, not the steady, you know, um, short-passing plays, West Coast, normal Andy Reid offense.
0: Yeah, um, I, I can see that. Hunt is obviously, like Kamara, a candidate for regression. If you saw him regress throughout the season last year, nobody could keep that pace up that he was on. Um, But you always have to feel confident about having the main running back in an Andy Reid-focused offense. Uh, It's been fantasy gold for 10 years now. So, at $22, I think it's a great keeper. He has a really high floor. That's the one thing that's nice about Hunt. Um, Both players have really high um, ceilings, and they're both high floor players. So, it, it was it was surprising that this was the most surprising move out of all of the keepers I think was keeping McCaffrey for 42 over Wentz for 5 um, but I, I like the move it makes a lot of sense for the way our league is trending for this season so yeah I mean
1: can I just chime in on that because the, the quarterback position I, I think is really interesting and, and we'll get to it when I rank Shane's team but I think it's the, the people that teams kept and, and owners kept shows that the quarterback position still isn't being valued at all because there's so many good options. Yeah. And there's so many articles getting posted about, hey, if you would just take two price quarterbacks and, and run flyers week, week to week and play matchups, you'd be the quarterback five or quarterback six overall. Um, so by passing on Wentz for a dollar there, I think that speaks to really the, the the broader league and not seeing Deshaun Watson get capped and and so on and so forth. But it seems like Shane's the only one that really values QBs in this league.
0: Well, I real I I agree with Shane in this. I really value quarterbacks as well. Um, my main target in last year's draft was Tom Brady. I didn't get him, but I got lucky that I drafted the number one fantasy quarterback. Yeah, because I didn't get Brady, I got. Wilson, who was incredible last year, um, RW one, yeah. But you have to have a you have to have a good quarterback situation. There's just so many good quarterback situations now that you know you don't have to go out and get a Rogers. But even getting Rodgers for twenty five dollars is a steal. So yeah,
1: if you, if you would throw Rogers back in, he'd command forty plus, maybe fifty. Um,
0: yeah, maybe.
1: But does that difference of $15 in draft cash really help you out? To me, probably not worth it, and I, and I disagree with the logic.
0: Yeah. Um, the six-point passing touchdown made the quarterbacks a little more valuable, I think. Um, but it still doesn't change the fact that there's only 12 that start in our league, and there's probably 20 that could start week to week. So...
1: I'd be really open to, to moving to a two-quarterback system. I just don't know how you'd do it in in the middle of a league like we have. Well, it would have to be like a complete redraft if you were to move to two quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, I just find it really difficult in a two-quarterback, in a 12-team league, to do a two-quarterback league. Yep. Because on the worst week, there's six teams on bye, which takes you down to 26 starting quarterbacks for that week. And there's just bad people in this league that are gonna try to stash quarterbacks. So, um, <laughs> it's that's, that's the fair. simplest way I can put it. And I never, I just don't want to ever have a league where we're in a position where somebody can't start a player that's gonna score points because somebody's stashing all the quarterbacks. Um, it it just affects the competitive balance. Now that stuff happens in the playoffs. It's. You have to start planning ahead, but I don't want it to affect a week four matchup. You know, like yep. So agreed. Yeah, it would be fun. I'm doing my first two quarterback league this year, so I'm excited about it. But it's only ten teams, so
1: nice. All right, let's move on to number seven. At seven, I've got the clan. Probably should be higher. Uh, looking, looking at this list, he, I should probably switch with the clan myself and, and the clan. He's got one one eighty four huge amount of draft cash and he's got melvin gordon who i love this year tyreek hill i'm not on that high you know see my comments on on kareem hunt the offense is going to be fine tyreek hill is going to be fine i can just see him putting up a lot of deshaun jackson type number lines where two receptions 65 yards touchdown on his good weeks
0: um, yeah, I'm interested to see if Hill to, in the homes to Hill is a great thing or an ugly thing. Um, I'm really excited to see this Chiefs offense. It could be, fireworks could be a disaster. Um, I don't think there's a ton of middle ground there. Gordon's rock solid. Um, 300 touch candidate in, in the Chargers backfield there. So, clan has got a good start, $184. Um, second most in the league, I believe. Yep. And, you know, n- nobody likes to gamble like the clan. So, Fedley's going to be out there spending money on Sunday, and I can't wait to see who he ends up with. So, uh, like his position, I think you're probably right. Um, you, him, and Troy are very interchangeable. You, you know, he probably has the worst keepers out of the three of you guys, but he's got. You know, sixty eight, seventy more dollars than you guys. That's a lot. That's that's a that's an elite player or two. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, I same same thing as what I said uh, before for for bowl, and that the clans got to leave with Antonio Brown or Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. unless they're for some reason not high on those guys. But I think everybody else is. Uh, I I think you have to leave with one of those two guys, if not both, you know, or. It's, it's not a great draft.
0: Well, we'll see. He's been one that said in the past that $84 for one player is absurd. So, we'll see.
1: Yep. So, it's a beauty about fantasy football. You can have different opinions. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to eight, I've got Eddie and the Steel Curtain. So, we're, we're looking at a, a draft budget of $129 and put putting them in. I think the fourth lowest in the league, which is okay. You can still do fine with that. He kept Michael Thomas, who I I love. I think he's an elite player. Probably finishes in the top five for wideouts. Uh, Dalvin Cook, coming off the ACL tear, his second season, should be interesting to see how he performs. I don't think he's played yet in the preseason. Should be interesting to see how he does the first few weeks. There's a potential there for a timeshare based on what I've read with Latavius Murray and and potentially stealing some carries. Should be interesting with the Kirk Cousins offense to see what he can do. I'm not as high on Dalvin Cook but I can see why he'd be kept. That's why I have him at 8.
0: I like Eddie's situation. Cook and Thomas, two good talents both going um, in top 15, top 16 in drafts this year so it's nice to have uh, players of that caliber. Um, the money's a little bit of an issue for Ed. He's going to have to get out of his comfort zone in this draft. Um, you know, he went out and spent big money on Cooks last year, but it wasn't his plan at all. It was last top receiver, last top offensive player in preseason rankings last year. Um, he's And he's had an issue... In trying to acquire the best value, not necessarily the best talent. Um, and he's just going to have to get out of his comfort zone on Sunday. That And, you know, it's something that him and I have talked about a lot. And I, I don't know if he's going to be able to go up and get a player of that Brown, Barkley caliber. Um, and really put himself in a hole for the end of the draft. But, um He's got he's got to do something to acquire a top five available running back or a top five available wide receiver.
1: Yeah, it, it'll be it, it'll be really interesting when, when we start the draft. You you could tell he was a little shaken up last year by some of the running back prices, which I, I think a lot of people are. But if you go into it with a strategy, odds are. People are reading the same stuff that you are. Everybody's reading the the, the same scouting reports and preseason reports and, and rankings. You know, largely the expert consensus on these players is the same. So, if you want these guys, you may have to pay a premium. Odds are you're probably going to have to overpay for one or two players if you really have a target on them. And you know, the the value based drafting you can you can do with the majority of your roster and, and try and get good values. But if you have specific targets in mind, you might have to overpay.
0: Yeah, and I'm fine having a plan. I mean, I'm going to have a plan on Sunday too, but um, it's it's the way you go about your plan. I almost think you have to prepare yourself to be uncomfortable. Like, if you think A.J. Green's going to go for $50, you almost have to build a budget where A.J. Green's $60 and see if that happens. Can you still make a team around? You almost have to jack every player's price up $5 to $10 that's in the top 50 to 75 of the league um and then when you get that player for maybe five dollars less than what you have written down you can reallocate funds and be happily surprised but you can't sit there and say I really think i'm gonna get julio jones for 40 bucks and then when the bid gets to 55 not have a plan around that so right
1: absolutely all
0: right uh but I think I... you've nailed the top eight so far i think that's been good uh, the only okay. one I would maybe consider, I love the wide receivers on the Mad Dogs, um, and I like both players on take your ball and go home, but I think the lack of running backs on those two teams keep them out of the top eight.
1: Yep. So that, that's exactly where I've got Mad Dogs. I, I, I've got them at nine. Not having elite running backs at 13 of the top 14 running backs got kept. That hurts, but you can still go with a, a zero running back strategy and, and come out of the draft. You know, with, with, with a few pieces and a few flyers that you hope can take off. Devontae Adams, you have to love him. Uh, Jordy Nelson leaving, not that he had a huge year last year, but just taking some targets away. He's going to be the go-to guy in Green Bay. I saw Randall Cobb is being shopped around uh, as of a few minutes ago, which spells great things for Devontae. Keenan Allen, obviously a high-target high guy. I, I think Devontae goes, he probably finishes top eight, top nine wide receivers. Keenan Allen's probably top 15, so you have two great wide receivers to build around. You've got a draft cash budget, which is middle of the pack to to probably lower end. I think it's fifth or sixth best, or fifth or sixth worst in the league. So the the team's fine. Um, I just think you absolutely have to get an elite guy uh, with some of those first early throws in, in, in the draft, and you might have a shot at it.
0: Yeah, so... My my thing with Adams is, if if Rogers and Adams are healthy all year, I think Adams is a lock to be a top five receiver because I think he might lead the NFL in targets. Um, he's the best guy by far on that team. So Adams, great keep, great price, um, great value for the Mad Dogs. Keenan Allen, there's more mouths to feed in in the Chargers offense, but Keenan Allen has been one of the most efficient wide receivers. Um, when he's been healthy as well. So great start. The issue I have with the Mad Dogs, take your ball and go home, and Fleetwood Franchise is the no running back situation. And it almost leaves them in a spot where they either have to spend the 70 plus or around $70 to get Barkley, um, or they have to look themselves in the eye and say, am I comfortable with a player of Joe Mixon's caliber being my number one running back around $50? But, and I, I just can't get myself there with Joe Mixon as a fifty dollars running back one, which is what it's going to take to acquire him, I think, on draft day. So that's my issue with I those am. three teams. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. I think the Bengals so, could be the worst team in football this year. So
1: I think Marvin Lewis got another extension. <laughs> At ten, I've got take your ball and go home, otherwise known as Teabag. Good draft budget, 170, so that's fine. Aaron Rodgers at 25, is, as we touched on before, it, it's a good value. He probably could have gotten him for 45, maybe at the draft, maybe 50. I'm not sure. Um, so you save a little bit of money there. Mike Evans, not entirely sure what to think of his year this year. I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. Jameis Winston's had his issues both on the field and off the field, mm-hmm. as we all know. Um pieces. Gotta have a good draft. Gotta nail it. But I'm, I'm not that high on T-Bag.
0: Well, I was really disappointed that he kept Mike Evans and didn't keep Derrick Henry because if Mike Evans was back in the draft, he was going to be a desert dog. Um, I think right along with Cincinnati, Tampa Bay could be the worst team in the NFL this year. They have no running game. A really weak head coach. So I think that's 170 targets for Mike Evans right there. Um, and we've seen what he does in seasons where he gets 170 targets, so, um, would have liked to have Evans on the Desert Dogs, but obviously not gonna happen unless take your ball and go home as a seller, but even so, he probably won't trade with me, so, um, (laughs) I like his start, I think Shane's always dangerous, um, I think he's a little motivated this year where he may not have been last year, um... And ha- seeing him have two dollars less than me makes me a little nervous because he just get he gets that crazy look in his eye in the draft room. So I, I expect some kind of a splash to be made here with take your Ball and go home. Last year it was Brown and Gronk. I don't think we'll see Gronk in a in a go homers uniform again. Um,
1: oh man, no way! That's a lock. Really. That's a we'll lot.
0: I, I don't know. But uh, I know Shane's going to have something up his sleeve. And I just can't wait to see what he does with the running back position. So,
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, number 11, I've got the Patriots. Uh, I like Howard. I, I think he'll be a top 10 running back at the end of the season. McKinnon, he he's fine. He, he should get touches. I, I think he's battling a shoulder injury. Or maybe that wasn't him. Um. I I think he's fine. He'll get touches. Just not the elite talent for someone that's middle of the pack in draft cash. So that's why I've got him at 11.
0: Yeah, Kaz. I mean, I'm going to say the same thing I said for Eddie. He's got to get himself out of a comfort zone, too. Uh, We saw him in the first year go spend like a madman and leave with a pretty good team. Um, And year two, he had a good team, too, but I don't remember much about his draft at Scher's house. Last year... He came in way down money um, and just wasn't able to add anything at the running back spot except for Mark Ingram. He traded him like after week one or before the season started, one of the two. Um, you got yourself a nice haul there um, in that deal. But this year he's atoned for the mistakes of not accounting for the running back position by keeping two. I'm huge on Jordan Howard this year. I think he's going to be great. Um, and McKinnon is... A solid RB two. You're not going to find much worse than him at the RB two position. So, I'm okay with his start. But he's got it. He's got another guy that's got to go out there and get one or two more studs on this team. And eventually, we're just going to run out of studs because I just said that 11 teams need to go get one or two studs. So, yeah, (laughs) should
1: be a good auction. (laughs) Uh, All right, rounding out the rankings at 12. I, I think we can agree franchise, they're, they're coming into this third highest draft cash, which works, but gotta feel like you're fighting an uphill battle with, with Kelsey and, and Ertz, so I, I understand the logic, I, I love the innovative thinking and out of the box thinking, Kelsey and, and Ertz are both gonna be the best tight ends if if you know, if Gronk has the, the normal injury bug that, that hits him every year, but um, that that tight end advantage is, is only worth so much week in and week out. You're going to be playing a tight end in a flex spot, which we've seen some teams try in the past, and it hasn't it, – it, it's worked to an extent. But um, you got to go into the draft getting – one. same thing for the franchise. You have to get Brown or you have to get Barkley or you're going to be facing an uphill battle. So I, I expect the franchise to be firing early and often uh, – for some of those early throws in the draft, if they want to compete,
0: yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I love what they did in terms of innovation, adding two of the top three tight ends in football for 2018 season. Um, but it's just not enough when you look at the keeper board of everybody else. Um, I, I love the fact that he flooded a very shallow position that maybe goes comfortably five deep, um, you know, other than Kelsey and Ertz. I like Gronk. I like Evan Engram. I like maybe Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, but Walker just got hurt. Olson was hurt last year. Um, Gronk's always hurt. And, you know, Jimmy Graham, Jordan Reed, do you really want to get in bed with those guys. Like, it's just a really bad position. Um, but it's also a position where there may not be much separation between tight end three and tight end 12. So, yep. yeah, he my, my, my,
1: my issue with it is. We've seen championship teams in this league go week to week with tight ends and not have the solid option, right? You can get production on the waiver wire in weeks one and two from the tight end position, and we've seen it done, and we've seen it win leagues. So having that advantage, I get it. You're going to have a five-point advantage week in and week out, Kelsey and Ertz versus whoever they're going up against outside of a healthy Gronk. But that five-point advantage puts you at a disadvantage for your RB1 and wide receiver one slot if you can't get Barkley and Brown.
0: Not to mention it's an easily tradable position um, if you need to go out and acquire a tight end because these tight ends, they don't go for big dollars in the draft. So you're not really running up against your $300 salary cap if you need to go out and get one from a team that's selling. So. They, they, they went for more
1: than I thought they would last year. Like Olsen went for 30. Jordan Reed went for 29. So, yeah, Walker once, was
0: expensive last year too.
1: Walker was expensive. So, when, once you start getting into it, some players come into it thinking that they have to get their guy, and, and that's what we saw last year. It's not crazy to think that both of those guys would have gone for 30, but still, I, I, I stand by. You can still pick up a, a waiver wire option for, for that value.
0: Yeah. Um, Tyler's been adamant and. In- Talking to me that he's not going to be a basement team this year. He's not selling. Um, You know, it's time for him to step it up. So I'm I'm just really looking forward to seeing what what he's going to do. So, but I agree, he's got to be 12 right now. All right, good job with the top 12 pre-draft power rankings. We'll see how differently those rankings look um, at this time on Sunday. Uh, Let's start off just looking real quick at each position. Um, We'll start at running back because, (laughs) like you said in our pre-show discussion, 13 of the top 14 are kept. Saquon Barkley, if he wasn't a rookie, would have been kept. Um, So, we're sitting here in this draft um, where, as I mentioned earlier, you have to get yourself comfortable with potentially paying for $50 to get a Joe Mixon-type player. Um, And like I said earlier, I just can't get there. So Barkley, McCoy, Mixon, Alex Collins, that's roughly the top four available running backs in this draft. That's awful.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I think Barkley is going to set the rookie record. At the draft, I could see him going in the seventy dollars range, considering the three teams that I mentioned that absolutely have to get either him or, or Brown. In in my opinion, based on my feces of needing elite talent to win, um, looking beyond Barkley, so let's just look beyond the top fourteen. You got to get comfortable with paying a premium for Mixon, McCoy, Collins, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, um, that that's tough for me to swallow. Mm-hmm. But it, that's going to be the price at, at the draft. Um, it, it, it's going to be big dollars. Beyond those guys, it's a complete crapshoot. You've got committees. You've got rook, you've got rookies. You've got pass catching backs. You got guys that are uh, facing a four game suspension. In, in Mark Ingram, it's going to be really tough to to land some starters beyond. What those uh, that that initial list of available running backs is, but there's going to be value later in the draft. Um, some of these names, you know, are just going to take off and get more carries than everybody thinks they will. Um, so it's it's going to be a crapshoot. And if you can get lucky and, and nail a few of these, you're going to have a great year. If if not, you're going to be facing and, and playing behind all season trying to get those guys and, and probably spending sixty dollars on the on the waiver wire, similar to what I've done.
0: So the biggest thing I'm interested in seeing on Sunday at the running back position is after, you know, Barkley, Mixon, McCoy, Alex Collins, Kenyon Drake, are the guys that need running backs going to just move their money into acquiring top wide receivers? Or are we going to see guys like Marlon Mack, Royce Freeman, Carrion Johnson, Lamar Miller go for mid-30, low-40 dollars? just because everybody needs a running back. And that's just, to me, the biggest thing coming out of this position on Sunday is to just see if got what route guys take once the top four or five available running backs are gone.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I To be honest, I think people are going to pour money into wide receiver, and we're still going to see those names that you mentioned go for a 35-plus. Uh, people have, have a lot of money to throw around. One of those top three teams that I mentioned, if those those guys strike out on Barkley and they don't get Brown, they're going to be paying a premium for these guys just because they have to spend it. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see how it plays out.
0: If Marlon Mack goes for $35, there's just going to be people losing their minds on Sunday. It's going to be a bloodbath. Yep. <laughs> um, Agreed. Not a whole lot to talk about other than that. I think of the running back position... Um, it's just gonna be how many. It's almost like how many guys can you add, and hope that you hit. You know, we're just gonna see get as many running backs as you can, and hope that you hit on one or two of them. Um, wide receiver, a lot more intriguing names available. Um, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, A.J. Green. T.Y. Hilton with Andrew Luckback, Larry Fitzgerald, Demaryius Thomas, everybody's favorite wide receiver one on a league winner, Doug Baldwin, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper, Stephon Diggs, Golden Tate, Brandon Cooks. A lot of names that I just mentioned there. Um, this is the deepest position in fantasy football this year.
1: Agreed, and I think that's why you didn't see some of those names up in the Tier 1 of players kept, because it, it is so deep, and that's what everybody's talking about. I think a lot of those names are going to go for big dollars. Um, I'm surprised to see Stefan Diggs didn't get kept by whoever owned him. But uh, it, it'll be really interesting to see how, how this position plays out. I've got a few targets later based on what happens earlier in the draft that, that I might be going after some guys that, that I absolutely <laughs> love, and then there's a lot of names I really hate on here, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they go for.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I have no feel for how this position is going to go, um, but I know there's going to be a value late at the position, um, but I also want to make sure I get the, the some top talent early in this at this position, so it's gonna be. It's going, this one's gonna be fascinating too, because this is goes hand in hand with the running back position. Are people gonna throw money at the wide receivers because they're just not comfortable with the running back caliber um, that's available? Remains to be seen. I don't have a good feel for it right now. Um,
1: I, I think we're also gonna see the draft's gonna progress, and then somebody's gonna throw out a name like like a Crabtree or an Emmanuel Sanders, or uh, Robert Woods, and it, out of nowhere, he's going to pop up for like 45 bucks, and somebody's going to pay that. Yeah, because they're
0: right? going to be, by far, head and shoulders, the best wide receiver available at a time where we're seven rounds through.
1: Yeah, and people have draft cash to spend, and that's that's what we'll see. So not, not a great value, but if you're coming into it wanting to target one of those guys and you have the draft cash, I, I can see that easily happening.
0: Um, I don't want to talk about tight end. I think it's, like I mentioned earlier, very top-heavy. And then tight ends 6 through 16 are all very similar. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on that. Um, And and I know I just said I have no feel for how those middle tier of available running backs are going to go or how the wide receiver position is going to go at all. But the position I feel least comfortable with Trying to figure out what the prices are going to be as the quarterback position. Um, last year, for me, Rogers was being kept, and it was, uh, you know, Tom Brady's up there, Russell Wilson's up there. Those were the two guys that I thought were heads and shoulders above everybody else at the at the quarterback position. Um, missed out on Brady. Was lucky enough to get Wilson. This year, I have, I don't even feel good about a quarterback after Rogers. Brady probably is number two in most rankings, but I could see him finishing around QB seven or eight. I I, I don't know. I have no no feel for how this position is going to go this year. I just hope I get one of the top guys.
1: No, I agree. Looking at what what I have, these guys ranked. I have no idea what I'm going to get out of Deshaun Watson. He had a ridiculous touchdown pace last year. I don't know if that can continue. Carson Wentz might have a slow start if he's even the same player at all this year, uh, which is why I think he might not have been kept. Cousins transitioning to a new team. Drew Brees is in a run-heavy offense last year. Andrew Luck didn't throw football for what seems like nine years. (laughs) And then everybody else, you know, Jimmy, Matt Ryan, Rivers, Big Ben, Stafford, all feel like the same player to me. Um, So it'll be really interesting to see how this plays out.
0: Yeah, I mean, is it it as simple as let me just get one of these guys for a dollar or is it let me try to spend maybe 10 or 15 and get a top five quarterback? I I don't know. Someone's got to spend money somewhere and not everybody's going to be able to spend all their money at running back and wide receiver. So a couple of these quarterbacks aren't going to go for a dollar, but I just don't know who they're going to be. It could just depend on when they're thrown.
1: Yep. And, I mean, and, then, and then you've got guys like Derek Carr that, that have flashed brilliance in the past, but is, are the Raiders going to be a dumpster fire this mm-hmm. year? Like, I, don't, I have no
0: idea. We've seen in the past people be a proponent of only drafting one quarterback because carrying two is dead roster space. But in a league where there's probably 24 starting quarterbacks available to start in fantasy, does it make sense to get two this year and just... Almost like a flyer running back. Hope that maybe you hit on a lottery ticket.
1: If you're confident in yourself, because if both those guys have okay starts, then you're dealing with, uh, who do I start every week? Which some people like, other people don't Don't like having to, to be torn week in and week out with what they're going to put out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know where I stand on that position. I have a certain amount of dollars allocated for it in my draft plan, but... I have no idea what players are gonna fall in that and even who I would prefer if it came down to it, so (laughs) But but you also said
1: earlier that you value the quarterback position highly and you wouldn't be afraid to overspend potentially for the guy that you want.
0: I do, I just don't know who it is. Like last year for me it was very clearly Tom Brady. I wanted to spend I had like thirty dollars allocated for Tom Brady. And he went for more than that. And I just got to a point where I wasn't comfortable with it anymore. Um, this year, I don't know who that is. I, it's not Brady for me. I, I don't want to get in on that. And that's not a detriment to him. He's obviously amazing. For me, it's I don't know if he can play 16 elite games anymore. And it seems to be in December. And I like quarterbacks that play well in December because that's when you need to win games. So... <laughs> That, that's it for me um, you know Russell Wilson it would be very easy for me to just re-rack Russell Wilson and say hey he led me last year they're going to be a bad team probably again he's going to throw it a lot but I just I have a hard time believing that he can put up that caliber of play again um, because it felt very lucky to me last year so I don't know I, that's, that's my point I if I can get if I can get to a point on Sunday where I feel really good about two quarterbacks, I'm willing to go just shy of twenty bucks on them. I just don't know if I'm going to get to a point on Sunday where I feel good about two quarterbacks.
1: It'll be interesting. I don't know either. Uh, that that's the one position I haven't figured out. I've got a dollar amount that I'm willing to go to. I I just don't know who the the right guy is out yep. of those top five. Yep.
0: Alright, so now you want to do some stone-cold predictions for biggest reaches or other predictions of things that are going to happen on Sunday. So, I will let you uh, start off with a couple things that you expect to happen on Sunday.
1: I think Gronk is a lock for the teabag roster <laughs> based on the chatter I'm hearing um, just from various scouts around the league. I he, he's always loved him. He always wants a piece of, of the Patriot offense. No doubt. Gronk ends up on the teabag roster for far more money than he's worth.
0: <clears throat> okay. See, to me, I think he'd be more likely to grab Edelman than Gronk. We've seen Shane target players that are getting four-game suspensions. He did it with Bell, um, I think, the first year of this league or second year of this league. Um, loves going out there and trying to get good players at a discount um, and to me Edelman and Mark Ingram are guys that fit the go home mold there
1: yeah so are, are you saying your stone cold lock is that Shane reaches for Edelman
0: I don't even think he's going to reach for him I just think, I think Edelman and Mark Ingram are going to be on Shane's team after Sunday He's got to be sitting there looking at the running back position. I don't think he likes Kamara. I don't think he's a believer in guys of Kamara's skill set. He knows Ingram's going to be a value because of the four-game suspension. He doesn't have a running back. And he's just going to say, oh, I'll just start two stiffs until I get this RB1 in week five. It's just, it's it's Shane. You know it is.
1: Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right my next prediction and it's not much of a reach, but I think Antonio Brown is going to go for 85 plus at the draft.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you're spot on on that. I think he's going to go break the record that he set last year of $84. Um, there's just, there's too many guys that have a ton of money and we've seen guys not be able to spend that money in prior years. So why not go out and get a B, um, I would agree with that prediction I don't agree with the Gronk one though I don't know if I was clear on that but um I don't think Gronk's gonna be on go home
1: alright you're up
0: alright um Jimmy G Jimmy Garoppolo will be one of the four most expensive quarterbacks on draft day and he will be on the Cooper clan
1: Oh, I, I love the boldness. I do not think that's gonna turn out that well.
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Saw Fegley draft three quarterbacks last year. I think he two of them he said ten bucks and got crickets. One of them might have been Winston, so I know he's a guy that's going out there and will target a quarterback that he expects to outperform their draft value. He's got money to spend. It's going to be burning a hole in his pocket. He's probably going to be about eight beers deep when, he's, when he does this bid. So I'm going to say Garoppolo ends up around 15 bucks, and I think that's going to be a top four expensive quarterback.
1: Wow. You think 15 is going to be the fourth? Wow. That, 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 you could be right. Um, I think we're going to see the QB position come in higher than years past because of how much money people have to throw around. And that's the one position you can bid on and feel like I'm actually getting something of substance compared to the running back pool that's
0: left. Yeah, we'll see. I, I don't remember what the prices were. I either had the second or third most expensive quarterback last year, and it was Wilson at 16. Yep. I think. Oh, and I'm not counting Rodgers because he was being capped. I think only Brady and Breeze were more expensive last year.
1: Yep. All right, my last one. Outside of Saquon Barkley, I think Lamar Miller goes for the highest dollar amount for running backs.
0: <laughs> Is that, uh, he's the last starting running back available bid? I think
1: I... people are going to look at, at the pool <laughs> that's left. McCoy regressed, it, it, it seemed like, last year for some of his stats. And the, the Buffalo offensive line didn't get any better and you throw Allen into the mix, and, and that just seems like a mess, even though he's <laughs> going to get the touches. Lamar Miller seems like the safest bet. He, he had the, the best performance when Watson was in. He's steady. He's got the job on lock from from what I've seen. I, I think people see stability there, um, and that's worth a little bit of a premium over these other guys.
0: It's interesting because I've been back and forth on whether Lamar Miller – because I don't think people in this league like him. Because I feel like in the last two years everybody's been burned on him in some some way, shape, or form. But he's almost at the point now where he's becoming a value because his price has plummeted so much. Um, and maybe people recognize that and they're going to go out and pay for him. But to me, he's one of those guys that you're just not excited about leaving with him on your team. But we'll see. I don't think I think McCoy is going to be number two behind Barkley. Um, maybe Mixon, maybe Kenyon Drake. One of those four is gonna be. One of those three is gonna be number two. Um, my last prediction for Sunday is the Jaguars' defense goes for at least ten dollars in the draft. Oh my god! Oh
1: my god! Oh my god! Egregious! <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Egregious! I, no way! I think it's gonna. I think that bit. Like you said, though, it's there's gonna be people that have too much money to spend. They were huge oh. last year for Eddie. Um,
1: no, I remember I tried to pick them up, and I couldn't because the London game had started that morning. And I was so ticked. Yeah. But that that seems like a high price. It could happen. Um, everybody's got a different strategy and targets going into this, especially if two people fall in love with it. They could go for 10, <laughs> you're right. I, I just I don't think we'll see it.
0: I hope not because it just seems crazy, but... Well we kinda of laughed last year when Eddie bid eighteen dollars for him, wrote every bid for him, and it ended up being one of the best waiver wire bids of the year. <clears throat> um Alright, so any other potential predictions any other predictions that you want to make for maybe like personality wise on Sunday?
1: Uh, somebody's going to get flustered by, by some of the prices that are thrown out I don't know who it's going to be I, I can't predict it I don't think it'll be Eddie I think he'll adjust and, and prepare this year for it and, and be ready um, I don't think Jameis Winston's going to go for the price that we saw last year <laughs> but it somebody's going to come into it and, and be really ticked that their players are going for way more than they thought they would I, I don't know who it's going to be but there'll
0: be somebody Any arguments?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I I, I think uh, a lot of the problems that we had last year behind us may, (laughs) may come, may come up once or twice. Um, but I, I think for the most part, it'll be a, a very pleasant experience for everybody.
0: All right. It should be good to get the group back together. Um, I know Spears is going to be Spears. He's going to be entertaining. He's going to annoy a lot of people. It's going to be a lot of fun to see him. He's always great on draft day. Um, yep. He's the one guy that terrifies me in this thing because he doesn't have a plan. So he's just going to be thr- him and Butler are the two guys that I just don't want to bid against because there's no point where you're going to hit their budget and they're going to be like, oh, I'm out. Yep. It's just it just becomes a measuring contest with them. And they're like, oh, I want that guy more than you do. I'm going to get him. And that's just... You don't want to go up against guys that don't have a plan because nothing flusters them. So... (laughs) Um, Will a player go for more than $75? We've obviously touched on the fact that we both think Antonio Brown will. I think two more players could go for more than 75, and that would be Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, uh, I you think, think Beckham's going to go that high? I think two of the three do. I don't think Beckham does, but I think he could get close to it.
1: You could be right. Um, in terms of production, we're, we're still waiting to see Odell come close to Antonio's numbers for any of the past few seasons. I think there's a Walmart difference between Antonio Brown's fantasy value and Odell Beckham Jr.'s fantasy value. Um, but again, if somebody misses out on Brown and they need to get elite talent, I, I could see Beckham's price rising.
0: Is Beckham third? We talked about Brown and Barkley being the best two available. Is Beckham third best available for you, or do you have somebody over him?
1: No, I, I like Beckham third. I just think that there's a huge difference between Brown and Beckham. But after those two, I've, I've got Beckham. I think there's a big difference between Beckham and, and Jones, too. Um, but I, I like Beckham. <coughs> I, I just don't think he's anywhere near the caliber of the first two picks.
0: Okay. Um, any, any hints you're willing to give for Sunday for yourself?
1: I've got a strategy. I've got... Similar to what I did last year, and it didn't work out paying big bucks for for Des Bryant. But I've got my spreadsheet of five positions and, and dollars associated with it, and like two names in, in each of those. So I'll try and, and do that. That's like my strategy A. I've got a strategy B based on how some of like the first fifteen throws go, and then if that doesn't work out, it's just going to be value based drafting and, and and trying to get dollar value for, for some of these players and trying to get all the flyers that I want to take in the, in the later rounds
0: yeah I, I do something similar I put together three teams all based on one of the elite players ending up on my team for a certain dollar value um, and then depending on how that goes it changes who the rest of my players are that maybe fall in place um, some of them are the same on all three of my draft plans um, others depend on how much money that elite player costs me. Um, but I have three plans that all kind of hinge on which wide receiver I'm able to get. No secret yep. I'm going to be in the wide receiver game because I kept two running backs. Love to be able to get a third running back of high caliber, but I just don't see that being smart for my budget. So, um,
1: Yeah, I mean, my, I'll, I'll just share some more for my strategy because... It is what it is, and we're going to be bidding, and it's going to be pretty clear. I've got two wide receivers. I have to get one of them um, for my draft, or I think it's going to be a failure. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's two guys that I'm really targeting, if I, if I don't get them, then I'm not happy with, with what happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have a similar plan, too, that I went with last year. You said you went with a similar plan to you went with last year. Um, I'm trying to get the same caliber of players that I got last year. I my mean, keepers were little different last year. Um, but I tried to get you know, a top wide receiver. Baldwin was my top wide receiver that I wanted to get that fit into my budget last year. I thought he was the steadiest and most consistent of the available guys last year that weren't Antonio Brown. Um, so I had Baldwin and Brady were the two guys I wanted last year. I didn't get Brady obviously but um, I have a similar strategy this year the only thing I don't know compared to last year is who I like at the quarterback position So
1: my, my two guys last year were Des Bryant and Brandon Cooks. and I said I have to leave with one of those guys they both sucked so I mean it is what it is you, you come in with a strategy sometimes you hit on it and sometimes it just doesn't work out right? but I'm, I'm going to be doing something <laughs> similar this year and uh, we'll see if I can get it. And then I'm going to be keeping an eye on the top guys. If, if they go for less than I think they should go, I'll definitely be in that game. It'll probably take me out of the draft because I've only got 100 and more was it, 17 or, or, or 16 to work with. But um, I definitely think those guys are
0: worth the premium. And if they're not going for it, I'll happily pay for it. Yeah. The, the other thing I'm going to try to do this year that I don't think anyone's really done yet in our league is. Um, I I know I did it once last year, but I'm going to try and throw some guys out maybe a dollar or two less than what I have them for on their budget and try to get them try to maybe freeze some people instead of throwing a player out at a dollar or five dollars. You know, I might throw a player out for just a couple dollars less than I want to keep them and see if I can get some people to freeze. Last year it was Devontae Parker. I was really happy about getting him. Um, he had a couple of good weeks to start, and then it just completely fell apart. But I think I threw him out there at like 18 bucks, and no one said anything, and I was happy about it because I had him for 20 plus So I might try and do that a little more this year, and I may mix in guys that I actually don't want um, just to keep people on their toes. But um, And then the other thing I think I'm going to do this year is I'm going to try and bid later on guys um, and not get involved in the bidding early. Um, just because I don't want to necessarily give away who I'm on until it gets to the time where it's time to win the player. So,
1: oh, that's that's a total jerk move. I like it.
0: Yeah, I just I just want to kind of wait and see. Maybe going twice. I'll start to throw my bids out, but I'm gonna, I'm not going to be involved early on. I'm going to let some people battle, and then I'm going to try and sneak in and make people uncomfortable. So.
1: Hey, I, I, I've got my guys. I'll, I'll take my swings, and then if it doesn't work out, so be it.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so this was fun. It was nice talking football with you. It's been a while since we spoke cordially, so that was nice. Um,
1: yeah, not over-threatening email or text. This, this has <coughs> been a, a, a really nice treat. Thank you for having me
0: on. Hey, it was fun, um, and we'll, we'll definitely do it again this year. More often, we're going to mix it up rather than just giving me, Eddie, and Stein every week. I'm sure, sure, I'll join us once or twice. Um, And maybe we'll always get an entertaining Butler appearance. But looking forward to Sunday, noon. Um, Tomorrow's Thursday. We're almost there, guys. I can't wait. It's my favorite day of the year. I've never been more excited for draft day. Um, And I'm just looking forward to seeing all you guys and having some fun talking football um, and seeing who's going to win this thing this year. So, thanks to Phil for joining me, and we will talk soon.